episode 60 of Story Mode, a video game podcast, the official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com. I'm your host, Jesse Munro, and tonight I'm joined by Keelan Simpson. Simpson! Hello. And the returning champion, Simon the Evans. Evans! Yay! Yay! <laughs> How you guys doing? Yeah, good. Good. good? Yeah. What's been new? What's been happening? What's been crappling? What's been crappling? I have just finished Doom on PC again, Doom Eternal. And I've realized oh. I've learned so many things. Like, here's the thing that I've realized as I'm getting older. I prefer to like go back to things that I've experienced already and like look at it through like a different lens. Just to try and be a little bit more analytical and just try and understand the nuances of what's happening inside of it. And there's just a lot that I've learned by playing Doom again. It's made me a better player. And I've managed to take those skills and transfer them into other games that I'm playing as well, namely Fortnite. You saw me last week. Mm, I was okay. on a tear, man. I was on fire. And that I attribute to Doom. Anyone wondering, in our, in our screens, which we uh, do over on uh, twitch.tv forward slash storybook.aus, oh, nailed it. Um, we have one like almost every night now. On Thursdays, Keelan and myself, sometimes Lauren, sometimes our good friend Sean, uh, we play Fortnite together. Keelan, uh, about, uh, till about a month ago, never played it. Keelan now is a dead eye. It is, it is impressive. It is intimidating. It's fun. MVP, yo. MVP. <laughs> MVP. It was Sean. But yeah, Keelan, you also played as well. <laughs> Good work, Sean. <laughs> don't take that, Sean don't is take that credit. Um, but, you know, I, I agree. When I play a game, like Doom was probably the one for me, me as well. I was playing Doom Eternal a fair bit this time last year, and I kind of found that I got better at a lot of, like, other first-person shooters at the same time. Like, I was playing a bit of Warzone at the time and stuff like that. Ooh, these skills are a bit transferable because right. compared to a Doom Eternal, everything in life seems easy. Yeah. yeah that's, that's basically I, I think it. I just became better. It puts me in situations where I panic and then I flounder and die and whatever, but then I go into the situation again and then I find a way to succeed. So when I'm in a situation in Fortnite, for instance, where I would ordinarily panic, I just chill out because I know it, I've done this shit before. It's great. It reminds me of, I'm sure, like, this is a very shared gaming experience where you'll be going up against a boss fight over and over and over and you're just sat there getting infuriated. It'll be like 11 o'clock at night, midnight even, and you're just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to go to bed. You go to bed and you're grumbling about it and you overanalyze it in your head. And you're like, right, next day, I'm going to do this. You wake up the next morning, you go back to the game and you one shot that boss. And you I go, love that. Yeah. I love that feeling. It's like, <clears throat> yes. take a break. You come back. You do. I remember I did that with, um, uh, what was the head Valkyrie in God of War? I forget her name. I was playing on a hard. She's one of the hardest enemies I've ever fought in the game. I, had, I took like two days off, came back first go, barely touched me. I'm like, nice. oh, oh man. That's the thing. Like, I'm pure energy. My phone, I was going to hold it to my phone. It was charging. There's electricity in my veins. <laughs> it's all been down, downhill since then. Now, guys, I got a weird story to tell you. It's not even yeah. that weird, but it's been stuck in my head ever since it happened yesterday. So me and my partner are looking at buying a house. So I've been luck. looking around, um, around an area, going to some auctions, just kind of seeing what the market is like. It, it's very, very early days. We went to a house yesterday and... There's like a pocket off my suburb that's like, it's like Little Holland. 
all these little like cottagey sort of houses that you expect to see like tulips and little kids with sticks and a wheel running down the street and stuff like that. <laughs> it was a very strange sort of uh, time capsule of an area. And we looked at this house. It was a very long house with some sort of weird dueling bathrooms. Like on the top floor, there's a bathroom. And then like maybe if you step like two meters forward and then look. So that bathroom on the left. Then you take two meters walk down the hallway. Look to your right. There's another bathroom. Like you could sit in each bath and like have a conversation and see another person. Like you could talk to each other from the different bathtubs. <laughs> it was one of those bizarre choices. That bath, that spa, came into play when I was downstairs. And my partner just like kind of elbows me in the ribs. She's like, um, what's that? Look at the wall. There's a cork board. And the tenants who are in there, which are clearly renters, have put up some pictures of themselves. Because all their stuff, was it still in there? One of them was all three of them in the tub together. Okay. <laughs> all of these photos of them, like, as close to naked as you could get. Around the house and stuff like that, or on holiday, okay. But we're looking at these, and we, you don't want to be like standing there just like staring at these photos. But you also want to be like, "What room is that? Like, what angle of the room is that? Is that the master bedroom? Is that the laundry?" And like, it's stuck in my head. And we go outside, and then you would see the guy who, who owned the property, elderly dude with a cane, the hat. I thought he was gonna do like a Willy Wonka flip if the if the house sold for enough. That would be amazing. And I'm just looking, I'm like. Have you or any of the real estate agents seen what's inside right now? Because it is, it's fantastic. This is the this is the best. I'm gonna do that with this place now when we leave. <laughs> Feels like it should be in a museum. Like my nudes, yes, they th- they should be. Thank you. Modern art. So I definitely yes. think that there should be, you know, like a safety run around the house quickly before you, think so? you, you open it up to the but public. Like, I swear, some of these houses, I reckon the people who are, who are leaving are just like, oh, let's do something funny. And they're just putting random things into rooms. Yeah. Like, there was one house on either side of the, ma- in the master bedroom, um, there's like a queen-size bed, and they have bedside table on either side. Both sides had a kettle plugged in. So morning well, coffees, man. Yeah, or like there was no coffee. There was no coffee? There was no coffee. If I saw coffee there, I'd be like, okay, all right. Odd, then but okay. it's quite clear that they needed two cups of tea at the same time. No tea to, bags. To, to dual wield and drink. Hot water <laughs> bottles. <laughs> dual wielding tea bags. Hell yeah. Dual wielding cups of tea. Mm, double I, like, I like the idea of the dueling poop bathrooms. Like, yeah. You can oh, like, make eye contact. You have a race. And, yeah, have, yeah, have a race. That's good. I like that. Yeah. I see you. I had those laxatives first. I'm going to be done first. <laughs> I don't know why. No. <laughs> I like how you, you're like... What are you, like... <laughs> no, I definitely am not. <laughs> well, remind me next week. That's how I'm going to introduce you. Oh. <laughs> uh. Okay, let's never talk about this ever again, even though this is being live streamed right now on twitch.tv forward slash story mode AUS. And it's also being recorded to be put onto Spotify and iTunes and all other good podcasting services. Love the enthusiasm. All right, I've I've been put into my fucking place of that, haven't I? (laughs) Step up your game. I have to read the script and I get it wrong. (laughs) Damn it. All right, well, speaking of script. 
let's get back on script. Could we have a bit to get through? There were a lot of showcases last week. Um, one of them being the Nintendo Indie Showcase, the Nindie Showcase, if you will. We had uh, a bounty, a bounty, a king's bounty of indie titles um, shown off. What we're going to do is just go through each one, give a few thoughts for each. Um, I've got all of these site descriptions from Nintendo World. I believe a lot of them come from the actual game sites themselves. First up, we had Road 96. Real missed opportunity to be called Road 69. Whatever. From Digix Art. Digix Art. Blair close in a narrative focused game with a mix of adventure exploration and puzzle solving road 96 tells a procedural story with thousands of potential paths to take meet characters from all walks of life and learn their intertwining stories the decisions you make both big and small can drastically alter your experience there are many roads which one will you take road 96 drives onto nintendo switch later this year um basically the trailer it looks very um i mean it's obviously very narrative driven mm. uh you I'm, see sorry jesse i'm getting massive like choose your own adventure book kind of vibes from this game and i like it it's interesting i'm, I'm interested by it like the, the trailer is like the the narrative is like i met this girl and then it like fizzles out it's like i met this boy this is, i met this loser this is at the mountains this is at the gas station like shows you all the different paths that this could possibly take yeah something that interested me though gameplay wise there seems to be a lot of Mechanics involved yeah. because of the different paths you can take. There's a point where you're driving. There's a point where you're shooting. Um, there seems to be like a lot of mini games you can just share with your companion. It looks a little bit deeper than I expected. Mm-hmm. Any interest yeah. in this one? Um, I don't oh, know. Uh, I feel weirdly um, like uncomfortable with it. I guess. I guess it's more of like a, a FOMO thing, like the fear of missing out of, you know, like, oh, if, path. You, oh, like yeah. if you do like this path three times in a row, you get a secret ending and it yeah. you know shows the backstory for this character and this and that. And I'm like, I, I guess that potential is making me go, ah, that seems like and- such an investment. It's not so much a case of just going back and replaying it because sometimes you don't want to replay, you know, the first 20 minutes of the game could be basically the same every time. Yeah. Um, you don't have to do that every single time that you want to check out another ending. So that's a, that's a fair call. Now, I'm introducing this now. At the end of each game, I want to, yeah, eh, or nah. Are you, are you interested with it? For me, interested this, in is, it? this is a yeah. It, eh? it's a, yeah. It's a yeah. I would play this game once. I would make my decisions <laughs> and then I would put it away forever. I hope it it has, like, that goosebumps thing of, like, you know, if you make a real bad decision early on, the game just ends. (laughs) Remember (laughs) remember that, like, the goosebumps, like, choose your own adventures? Like, um, you find, you know, a haunted skull. Do you pick it up? Yes or no? Yes. You picked it up and you died. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That was three pages long. I just want to go back to, the fact that it's procedural means that I think there will be interesting stories that you will tell that that are unique to you. And I love that. And um, I'm all for more games taking Thousands of paths to take a lot. Yeah. So you got with a yeah from you, Simon? Yay, nay, or eh? It's an eh. Yeah, I'm giving a bit of an eh. Because, I mean, this has been done before, but yeah, I like the art style. Yeah, I think I think the art style, the narration was really good. Um, I think, you know, it does have plenty of potential, but I, it doesn't tick 
any boxes for me. Yeah. All right, rolling along. Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals from Night School Studio. Published by MWM Interactive, Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals is a supernatural narrative adventure game about a researcher who stumbled upon ghostly happenings. Five years after the events of Oxenfree, Riley returns to her hometown of Kamen. Kamena? To investigate mysterious radio frequency signals causing curious disturbances. Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals comes to Nintendo Switch in 2021. Um, me personally, this looks pretty dope. I got yeah. like real Abe Odyssey vibe from just the setting. Like it's real cold and miserable and oppressive. And I'm like, oh, I like that. Especially after playing uh, the new Abe game. What's it called? Soulstorm. Soulstorm? Yeah, yeah I yeah. Did, did not like it at all. It just, it wasn't for me. Um, but this gave me Odyssey vibes, which is cool. And you use, yeah, you use radio signals to manipulate the environment. So you, they create like lines in the trailer. You see they cut through a log, a tree. This yeah. is cool. Mm. N- admittedly, never played Oxen Free the first, but uh, uh, Lawn has told me that we should stream it soon. So that will happen yeah. soon. It looks really interesting. I love the art style of Oxen Free in general. Like, I, I think it's beautiful and nice to look at. But I also think that it's the kind of game that I've, I've got to play the first one first. Otherwise, I'll just feel yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> so, yeah. Have either yeah, of you played I, the first one? I feel one? the same. No, no, not yet. Sorry? Too many games, not enough time. No. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those games I've, I've, I've only ever heard good things about it. Yes, so yeah, just, absolutely. It but sort of I've, got buried a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I sort of feel feel very much the same. Like I think artistically speaking, it looks awesome. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of uh, I need to play the first one. I think. Yeah, net or eh, kill him. It's an F for me. Not sure Simon? I'm ever going to get around. It's to it. a yeah. Um, this a, is a yeah it's for sort of, It's sort of on that precipice. It's on a. It's, it's a yeah, but I no, feel like there's I no need there's no half measures here. There's no right, half measures. Then it's a yeah, but I need to yeah? do some homework. Yes, I got it on site. Yes, you owe me Night School Studios. Um, <laughs> ah, this is cool. I will I play it probably not, but it looks cool. Uh, next up, a game that I will play: Ollie Ollie World from Roll Seven. The bold new entry in the Ollie Ollie series is here. In Ollie Ollie World, tear up the streets of Radland and search for the mystical skate gods in this slick action platformer with super tight controls and level designs that flows with your combos. You'll have a blast mastering tricks, meeting colorful characters, and discovering the hidden secrets of this vivid and vibrant world. Ollie Ollie World launches for Nintendo Switch this winter. How are we feeling about Ollie Ollie World? Oh, can I? Uh, okay, is are all the Ollie Ollie games like this? Uh, this is a bit of a different art style. Uh, yeah. This seems this is more like hand drawn and a lot smoother. The other ones had yeah. like a bit of a bit style to them and stuff. But like, but as far as gameplay goes, like this looks really satisfying. Like it that does, looks yeah. Nice. So smooth and also like it can be hard and you can make it hard for yourself. But like you well, don't yeah. have to. Like they it can out be that simple and easy. Each run has like multiple paths, so you can take you know. The sort of the sort of black diamond run if you want to do it um and do all your tricks and stuff or you can go for more of the story because i think this one's gonna have a bit more story they mentioned like side quests there's like a frogman that gives you a side quest which i'm all about this looks up my alley if this has got a good soundtrack because i think it's gonna be a very meditative experience like just to kind of kick back and chill and play this one because of how smooth it looks mm. if this has a good soundtrack i'm very keen on this yeah cool. yeah yeah, nah, eh. Um, this is a yeah for me. Yeah. It's an eh for me 
purely because I don't really care for skateboarding games much in general, but... but Simon, the skate gods! I mean, Tony Hawk is the only skate god I will listen to. Um, Fair enough. Fair call. <laughs> friend of the show. That is if friend you recognise him. Friend of everyone, Tony yeah, Hawk. If you recognise him. I love his existential crises on Twitter. <laughs> it's one of my favourite things. Uh, and Kiel's? Yes, it's a yeah. It's a yeah for Yay. me. This looks right. awesome. Been quite positive so far. A lot of these indie showcases in the past have been like, eh, about the whole thing. This one's had some good ones. Um, all right. One that we know will get um, Gaz from Fan Critical hot under the collar. Mm. Yeah. Uh, teenage Mutant. I regret saying hot under the collar because now it sounds like he wants our sex. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, not the best but words, but. I, will st- I will stand by it. Uh, <laughs> teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. From Tribute okay. Games. With a blend of retro and modern visuals, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shreds of Revenge finds the four favourite turtles kicking some serious shell in classic arcade-style beat-em-up action. Up to four players can play it locally or online in this, bo- in this bodacious... Oh, they use the word bodacious. Hells yeah. yeah. It's like Jared Petty. Bodacious game developed by Tribute Games and published by Dotemu, who also published Street of Rage 4 and Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap. Sorry, how do you pronounce it? Um, I think it's Dotemu. Dotemu. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder, Shredder's Revenge launches for Nintendo Switch later this year. Okay. How are, we, how are we feeling? I love this. And it's it's weird because I'm second-handedly excited because I know my brother's going to be like, I know he's over the moon for this. But personally as well, I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, this is the sort of game that when I go around to visit, he's going to be like, right, we've got, you know, two hours before we've got to go out. Let's play. Let's do it now. Like, this better be out by the time you come to Melbourne. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. Because there'll, there'll be many be drinks in there and, and this, will be, this will be played uh, a but, lot. Uh, can can we just talk about, just very briefly, the quality of the animation in this? Because, yeah. holy shit, this is Top gorgeous. Tier. It did nothing for me. Okay. Why? Watch the ah. trailer and get to about the, like, six, seven second... I can appreciate it's good. It looks smooth. But this art style, it just does nothing for me. I don't find it appealing. I find it I, a little bit... It, t- it ticks all the right little nostalgia boxes for me. This is what uh, SNES TMNT game felt like. I think it's because I, I have no like, real nostalgia for that era of gaming that much because I, I never I wasn't that much into games at that time. So it doesn't it just doesn't ring that bell for me. And it I, I know it's meant to look dated, but it looks so dated. I'm like, eh, whatever. I've sort of seen this before. But I will say... And also, I'm not the biggest Ninja Turtles fan because I never really grew up with them either. Um, the soundtrack, however, fucking oh, slaps. Holy shit. So good. <laughs> uh, so I good. used to play the arcade game back in the day. I remember going yeah. to the arcades and just dumping lots of coins into that machine. And it was so good. It was just yeah. lush and green and fun. It was awesome. So this is basically that, but modernized. Similar graphics, but just, just it's... Just so New. smooth to look at. Killer. Um, I'm, I, I love it. This is I'm a just yes. rewatching the yes, trailer yes, now. Yes. Like, yeah, this is this is the biggest yes I think I could give. Uh, it's just uh, just rewatching yeah. the trailer now. I'm like, yeah, that, there we go. That's it. And also, I think I think for sort of like a, a real first in TMNT games is that all four of the turtles seem like they play slightly differently. They're different. Yeah, which is huge. Um, because, yeah, normally they'll just be, oh, yeah, just change the color a bit and they give them the different weapon. That's it. But, no, they look like they play really differently, which I'm very excited for. Um, mm. Billy, because it just does not appeal to, to my sensibilities, I'm going to give it as a nah. 
it just, it's not for me. All right, we've got a lot more of these, so we need to start flying through a few of these. Um, the next one is The Longing from Studio Surfs? Surfs? S-E-U-F-Z. However you want to pronounce Surfs. it. Surfs. Surfs, all right. Yeah, With a beautiful hand-drawn art style and an intriguing storing. Storing? <laughs> story. The Longing is unlike anything you've ever played before. The big twist? You don't actually have to play to see how it ends. But that doesn't mean you should sit, just sit idly by. As main character Shade, you must wait 400 days for your king to awaken. While waiting, you can explore dark caves, complete time-based puzzles, and collect items. Um, th- This game is equally pushing me away and intriguing me. It's, it's literally a game about waiting. Yeah. You wait around. You're waiting for this big, like, you're like this like weasel yellow-eyed monster thingy or little, little creature. And you're waiting for this big stone king to awaken. 400 days? I don't know how long a day is going to be in the game. I would love if there was so, a mode where for a day is a day. Like, no, 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 Jesse, it's yeah. real time. It's 400 yeah. days <gasps> real time. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um. So you have to wait over a year to see the ending of yeah. this game. No. So, well, like, is it out now? It should mm. be, yes. Yeah, I think uh, so, so, like, yeah. next, what, August... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wow. pick this up and wait a day. <laughs> so, so, no, no, it's from when you download when the game. you start playing. Um, so oh, this is that super makes, weird. That makes a thousand percent more sense. If you look at the gameplay, like you're just like Jesse said, some weird little creature just walking around <laughs> at the like a snail's pace, and it literally says in the trailer at some point, like, ah, "There's no need for me to r- hurry. I've got 400 days. Why yeah. would I be quick about things?" And like. It looks so uninteresting. Like, I'm I'm not being mean here. It just looks really boring. But the fact that this thing exists, it's so weird. The fact that it got weird. Somebody or a group of people. This one started with one person. Yeah. One person having an idea. They had to sell the idea to a group of people to get developed. They would have had to sell it to more people to get it funded. And then, you know, got onto the Switch and everything like that. They have been able to convince people that this is good enough, that people will wait 400 days for this to end. Either, hey, this is going to be as intriguing as hell. Like, um, remember that? Uh, I can't remember who was behind it, but it was a whole thing of like mining the way to the middle of a planet. Uh, the, the cube. Um, oh, the cube thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who, who was that? that? Was who was Peter Molyneux. Peter, <laughs> Peter, of course it's fucking Peter Molyneux. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but course. like, Everyone knew that the end, the, the middle of that couldn't be this like life altering experience. It would have to Which be whatever. Which it was whatever. promised to be. Um, that's what this feels like. It, it's more the the promise, even though you know the return won't be satisfying. That king's just going to wake up and be like, "Oh, you should have woken me up." Like I've been waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. Um, I wonder if there will be like secret ways to wake him up early and things like that. I reckon because. I just rewatched the trailer now, just whilst we were talking. And like, there's one point where there's a, like a, a dip, there's a bit of a pit that you can fall into, but you can't climb back out. So you have to wait for the water to drip down and fill up this, this pit oh, no. enough that you can swim across and then climb up. And it's, there's gonna be, this is what I'm, int- I'm intrigued about is what secrets do we oh. not know? Like, I don't know what we don't know, and I want to know exactly yeah. what that is. I, I want to know every part of this game. 
Like, there's going to be so many fun, weird little things that you can do. It'd be like, hey, on day 69, you can, you know, make your character draw a slightly lewd picture and hang that <laughs> up on his wall. Or you can stick it on the king's nose or something like that. You know, there'll be, oh, you can, you know, um, find a bird and make it, um, I don't know, make it be your pet. But you can only do that on, like, day 80 um, at this time. Well, you know, it's just going to be stuff like that. And I'm really intrigued to see what little... It, it's got to keep, keep giving you little golden nuggets of joy for 400 days. And I wonder how they've done it. All right, let's move, let's move on. So is this a yay, nay, or eh? Um, for me, this is a hard no, but I'm so glad that this game exists. And this is the kind of thing that I want to see more of. More of, yeah. Because this... I hope somebody gets this. I hope they play it every day for 400 days. And I hope they have one of the most satisfying yeah. and full experiences you can have with a video game. I am just not that person, but yeah, I know yeah. that person exists. A fantastic so for, artistic pursuit. This, for that, and I really yes. love that. Yeah, it, I'm going to say it's the year, it year for me because I'm going to read up on this game every time I can. I won't play it, but I need to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be an eh from me, but I wonder if you can cheese it. I wonder if you can trick the game like if you download it onto your switch and then fast forward time like you do with animal crossing yeah speed 100 days bam all right let's move on hindsight from annapurna interactive hindsight from developer joel mcdonald is a poignant narrative game from an older woman uh about an older woman sorry reminiscing about her family the objects from her past serve as portals into long lost memories revealing a decision that forever changed her life learn more when hindsight launches for nintendo switch later this year this looks utterly heartbreaking. It's a it simple does. premise, simple art style, but it looks like it's going to have maximum emotional impact. This this is going to be a I very short and impactful kind of game, but it's also it doesn't look like it's bringing anything new because the games exist. I got zero anything from the trailer. So there's a yeah. particularly bad pitch for what could be an interesting game. So I'm guessing you're both a no for this one. A yeah, no. I'm a no. I'm a I'm an eh. Um, people may know I like games that emotionally tear me apart because I like to feel something. So maybe I'll give well, it a so go. Because of the low poly model, it just makes me think of Untitled Goose Game. Just putting <laughs> it out there. The 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 uh, the long lost memory, the decision that forever changed her life was like stopping the goose or like moving to a town where there's like a wild goose. <laughs> yeah, and I moved then. It, it just ruined my life, and I had and to it's move. Cool. <laughs> um, again from Annapurna uh, Interactive. Last stop. Last stop from developer Variable State is a single-player third-person adventure set in modern-day London, where you play as three separate characters whose worlds collide in the midst of a supernatural crisis. What connects these strangers? Where will fate lead them? Find out when last stop. Last oh, I've ruined the pitch. Find yeah. out when the last stop launches for Nintendo Switch in July. Um, look, uh, this did nothing for me except for at one point during the trailer we see these two faces merge, and I thought of Face Off. And I want a face-off game. You know, what's interesting is um, there's also one sort of scene in the trailer where it pans over a swimming pool. And it made me think of the swimming pool scene in, in BBC's Sherlock, where the first confrontation with Moriarty happens and how fucking good that was. Never watched that. I've been meaning to. But I, oh. I know there's like a lot of seasons. I just, I just don't have, I just don't have it, it anymore. Each... Each season only has three episodes. Each episode is an hour long. So make it that way. How many seasons are there? Three, four. Huh. 
All right. Something like that. Back, I, back, I mean, to, back to last stop. Back to face-off. Uh, <laughs> uh, and back the face-off face game, hells yes. You can take a last stop and throw it in the bin and give me a face-off game. Thank you very much. Well, okay, what sort of face-off? Okay, De- detour from the normal podcast. Uh, who's developing a face-off game and what do we want from it? Dude, that is a big question, but it's got to be one of those games where there are just like different levels where you do different things. Like there's got to be a level where you have to hijack a plane or some shit like that whilst you're John Travolta speeding up in a car trying to catch up with the plane on the on the the runway. You got to have that, but then you got to get got to have John Woo-esque shoot offs as well. Did you ever play Stranglehold? Yeah. Oh, my God. We've got to have something like that, man. That has just like unlocked a part of my brain. And Keelan, just out of curiosity, John Travolta in these is in these uh, adventures. What would he sound like? Well, you're gonna have to have John Travolta voiced by the man himself, or perhaps maybe Matt pa- Paco, Tra- Trey Parker, Matt Stone. Oh my Whatever. god! Oh yeah, I'm John Travolta. Uh cool. Back to last stop. Uh, the fact that we all went decided to talk about face off is probably an indication. This is an eh. Yep. <laughs> this is an eh at yeah. best for me, to be honest. Yeah, it, um, it looked like it's been done. Like, I, I hate mean, the like, art style, so it's a no from me. I just I, like space, like a London, like, but like the supernatural and its face off, but the space. I well, should like it, but I don't. I like the setting of it being in London. I'm like, yep, cool. I'm happy for that, and then that's about it, really. Um, next up we have Aerial Knight Never Yield from Aerial Knight. Now. This is not your typical runner game. Run, jump, slide, and dash through a futuristic Tokyo-style Detroit to a head-bopping soundtrack as the protagonist Wally to save what's left of the future. Aerial Knights never yield slides on Nintendo Switch on 19th of May. A demo will be available on Nintendo Shop later today, which is which is now. What do you guys think? Game of, of the show. Game of the show. Okay, this is I'm sick. glad we. I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> Simon, how did you feel about this one? Simon, this is my second favorite game of the show, behind only TMNT. Um, so like Persona Art style meets Mirror's Edge meets Ollie Ollie and a lot of my friend Pedro. This game just looks like adrenaline. Um, the soundtrack, which is like a jazz wow. fusion hip hop. Oh my oh. god, what the fuck is this game? <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. I mean, okay, first off, can we talk about the protagonist himself, right? Wally. Um, <laughs> Like, African-American has a prosthetic leg, which, side note, I think is awesome, and I'm really happy that that sort of thing is included in the game. I didn't even notice that. Um, cool. Like, yeah, I, I I just, I love it. And there's no gimmick to it either. It is just a prosthetic leg for the sake of it being good. there. Um, but, oh, my God, this soundtrack is ace. It's so every, good. Every indie showcase, no matter who it's, if it's Nintendo, Sony, whatever, every indie showcase has a runner game. They, yeah. they are very, they are uh, quite a large genre full mm. of, to me, f- a lot of forgettable games. This doesn't look to do anything too different. But what it does, it looks to do with the utmost confidence in its delivery. Yes. It's this a is- game that's telling you you want to play it. And I'm yes. like, oh, okay, fuck. Yeah. Yes. Sure. This gives me a lot of the same vibe that I got when I saw um what is it called um sayonara wild hearts oh uh, yes Ooh, you know, yes just a momentum to it and you have these real solid like game mechanics so that sort of keeps you focused it's the kind of game that gets you into a flow state and then you're listening to this music and I, i'm here for it man this is games incredible. that sync up 
um, the gameplay and the and the soundtrack, like like this one looks like it's going to, uh, they are that is peak just adrenaline and yeah. Oh. If you if you make the soundtrack relative to what's happening on screen, I'm in. It just works. Say so say this is a yes from everyone. A big yes, yes. from everyone. Huge. Sick. A hell yes. Right. Oh, a hell! We got our first hells. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on to Fez from Polytron. Gomez is a 2D creature living in a 2D world. Or is he? He's clearly not. When the existence of a mysterious third dimension is revealed to him, Gomez is sent on a journey that will take him to the very end of time and space. Use the ability ability to navigate 3D structures from four distinct classic 2D perspectives. Out now. Um, Fez first came out, what, 2012? Um, It's been my shameless ever since because this game is, like, revered. Yeah, Um, yeah. I'm also really ashamed to say I've only just realized why it's called Fez. Because of his hat. He wears yeah, a, fez. It's a fez. I oh. am an actual idiot. Wow. This is good. Yeah. I like this little game. It's fez on the Switch. Great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, cool. Um, this is a yes for yeah, everyone. I, like, I, I, cool. yeah, so yeah, I don't think there's much to talk about here. It's nah. the yeah. same game that's been released for ages. The same game that everyone really likes. Yeah. I always get Fez and Rez confused. Anyway, that game just revealed that I'm an idiot and a forgetful. Moving along to... Oh, speaking of forgetful, Aztec no. Forgotten Gods. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say speaking of idiots, but yeah. <laughs> Damn it. From Lienzo. <laughs> if you're looking for a grand adventure inspired by Aztec mythology, look no further than Aztec Forgotten Gods from Mexican studio Lienzo. Gain powerful arm upgrades, traverse different areas within an advanced Mesoamerican metropolis, and encounter all sorts of characters to uh, all sorts of characters to uncover ancient secrets. Aztec Forgotten Gods soars onto Nintendo Switch this autumn. Uh, Simon, it sounds like you. This this one, you know, got you good. This, um, look in in my opinion, this is eh, but it's not a bad eh. It looks to me, um, it's kind of like comfort food. The trailer itself is very action comfort food. It's it seems like the sort of game I could just be like, you know what, I just kind of want to beat things up for half an hour today, yeah. and I play that. I just load up that game and play that and beat beat things up for half an hour. Um, I like the setting. I, I really like the inspirations that it is drawing from. I think that is awesome. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's enough about this game that makes me go, oh, yeah, definitely going to play that. I am so dumb. Part two. I just realized why it's called Aztec. Really? I didn't notice the <laughs> H before. Yeah. All right. Because uh, the robot stuff, all right. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. I, 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 fuck. I, okay, when I was watching this in the in the showcase, I fell asleep. Like, it was, it was just nothing. The um, new metal soundtrack didn't keep you awake? The the music, that's what I was going to bring up. It's just, it, it seems real out of place. And I just yeah. don't, I don't vibe with what they have going on here. There's... There's nothing in this that makes me go like, yeah, yeah I, I want to play this. It looks like this has been done before, but I understand it, it is. I don't think this game was being made to be like a blockbuster. It, it looks like yeah, it's comfort food. Um, yeah, so, but this is this is a meh, a, a no from me. What about you guys? It's a meh, meh kills. Nah, nah. All right, moving on. There is no game. Wrong dimension from Draw Me a Pixel. Despite its title, this really is a game. There is no game, Wrong Dimension is a point-and-click comedy adventure filled with riddles and puzzles. If you're looking for something different and experimental that's full of surprises, look no further. 
there is no game wrong to mention launches for Nintendo Switch last week. Um, this is a bizarre game. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, looks it's strange. not a game and you sort of, it looks like you break a game initially and the game being like, hey, stop breaking me. Like you go into the setting screen and it's actually like a mini game and you manipulate the menu screens to do what you want, which is pretty cool. And then you start going like into like different dimensions of other games. Like there's a really cool nod to Super Hot, whether you're in a game called Super Cold, just yeah. little things. And like the it's a bunch of mini games and they look kind of clever. Like there's one where- yeah. It seems like a menu, a loading screen isn't loading very fast or it pause. So you tilt it. So it kind of like pause and it fills quicker. It looks interesting. I won't play it, but it looks interesting. The, Big- the comedy aspect of it makes me think of, um, sort of like Jackbox. Yeah. In a lot of the Jackbox games, when you have the narrator making the jokes at you, I, I get that sort of say similar, similar sort of vibe. Um, because, you know, it's like, ah, oh, stop breaking me, play, jeez, you know, whatever. I really like it, though. I think it looks really fun. Yeah, I agree. It looks really it's interesting. Of, it depends on, like, you know, what are you charging for a game like this? Because it's well, so weird. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah, how I long agree. is this going to last? I'm hoping this is kind of short because I, I feel like the whole game being, like, oh, you're, you're not doing what I told you to do, is going to get, get real old real quick. Um, but it no, also looked to have a bit of a deeper thought because the whole thing about it is you getting home and it seems like the game when you get home recognizes someone and it's like is that, is that like an old player it's going to be like a thing where like you're not the first player to do this and somebody else got lost and they, the game's found him again is there a deeper story here because that's intriguing but um but um, yeah. the whole yeah. like hey the you're not doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing in the game um, I think that there is a game that is free on Steam um, that I highly, highly, highly recommend. And it's called Dr. Langerskoff, the Tiger, and the Terribly Cursed Emerald, a Whirlwind Heist. And that is... What a garbage trash name for a game is that? <laughs> it is phenomenal. Like, That's this game is so fucking good. All right. It's one of those things that I think it's sort of... It's in that same vein, in the sense that the comedy is like, hey, can you do the thing? And you, like, walk up and you press the button. And it's like, no, not that button, you idiot. And that sort of stuff. I, I, I find that gets... Uh, I, I can find that getting really grating really quick. But what were we on this one? I'm giving this a... Uh, eh. I, I give it a yeah. Yeah, yeah kill. I'm giving it a yes. It's a yes. All right. Meta, meta stuff. Okay, we're going to smash these next few. Chris Tales from Dreams Incorporated and Six S Y C K, drawing inspiration from classic and modern JRPGs, Chris Tales or Christ Tales or whatever, incorporates time traveling into its storyline and combat with a variety of surprise effects, like making enemies younger and thus easier to defeat. While exploring this handcrafted dark fairy tale world, you'll recruit a diverse cast of allies and discover new realms. Chris Tales lands on Nintendo Switch on the 20th of July. Um, the only note, uh, positive note I have, just one is it looks colorful. Other than that, I found this. Yeah, I think there's like whatever. scenes. It looks like a flash game, and I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm not really feeling it. It did remind me. Okay, for somebody who just said we need to get through these quicker, I'm going to go on a detour here um, again. During the RuneScape phase, I had really, really bad internet. Um, I could barely barely play RuneScape, so I never really did that much. But there was another game that people were playing at the same time, and it was sort of a. Uh, 
like take like a like a you know, just like a normal fighting game like a, a, a Tekken or Street Fighter or whatever what have you. Um, and you play as a knight and you can upgrade yourself and just different monsters will come in and you have to use different attacks. I can't remember what it was called, but it was sort of it was quite big at the time. Um, the day I find out what it's called, I will do a stream of it if I can. It remind me of that. So basically, what I'm saying is this forgettable game reminds me of a, of a game that I forgot. Nice. But Thanks, the demo Jesse. is out for it. Uh, this is a no from me. Yeah, it's a, it's a no from me. I, I, don't, I don't care. All right. Getsufuma then, Undying Moon from Konami Digital Entertainment and Guru Guru. Showcasing a stylized Japanese aesthetic, Getsufuma den Dying Moon delivers a dynamic hack and slash roguelike experience filled with perilous dungeons, fierce boss battles, and intense skill based combat. Getsufuma den Dying Moon launches for Nintendo Switch next year. Just a note here from me. The original Getsufuma den, released for the original Famicom in Japan in 1987, players who buy the early access version of Undying Moon will receive a Steam port of the original. Hmm. That's cool. Um, I will say, this game looked like the animation, this game looked very fluid. It looked good. Mm. I liked it. But other than that, whatever. Uh, Yeah. Um, uh, Similar for me, Jesse. uh, Like, I just. There's actually just personal. I just don't have have zero interest in anything that this trailer had to show. Yeah. Yeah. So, so is it Um, F from all of us? There's there's actually a few points in the trailer where I'm like, hang on a second, I can't tell what's happening on screen. Pretty much. That is not good. That doesn't sell it to me. So it's an eh from me. You can very much tell eh. that this seems like just a, a, a remake of a very old game because it looks, a lot of the stuff is very archaic in it. Uh, it just looks pretty now. So yeah, this is a whatever for me. Moving on, Beast of Maravilla Island from Banana Bird Studios, LLC. Uh, banana Bird Studios has one of the greatest logos that I've ever seen a company have because the little banana bird, it's, it's adorable. Oh, yeah. In this 3D adventure game, taking the role of a young wildlife photographer who traverses Maravilla Island's magical ecosystems to discover extraordinary creatures, learn their behaviors, and most importantly, photograph their majesty. Beast of Maravilla Island launched for Nintendo Switch in June. Now, it looks like it, this game looks like it was made in dreams, which isn't a bad thing. It looks very cra- like lovingly crafted. It boils down, it's Pokemon Snap, but real animals. Um, any thoughts here? Yeah. Um, I think the animation looks very choppy in a lot of places it and is. very rough around the edges. However, I will say that with that being said, it looks very charming. It does look charming. I think so. it's one of those games with a rough edge that sort of add to its charm because you can... Yeah, this, this yeah, feels like it's very much, much a, 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 a passion project. It's a labor of love, this game. Who um hmm. who made it? I won't play it, but go. Cool. Yeah, this is very much an air for me. Eh. Yeah. All right. Skull, the hero slayer from South Paul Games. Taking on an entire army to rescue your king in this 2D fast action roguelite. And the best part? To progress in the game, you'll need to swap abilities, which is done by swapping dot 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 heads. With 90, 90 playable character variations, each with their own special abilities, you might think you're out of your skull in real life. Skull, the Hero Slayer, launches for Nintendo Switch this summer. Cool. Can I cool. just add a very quick little anecdote? Yes. Um, because I watched the showcase live on YouTube, um, and the second Skull appeared, everyone in the chat went, Sad's from Undertale! Blah! And I'm just, right, if you're ever watching one of those showcases live, either do not look at chat, or if you're one of those people in chat, 
shut up for the love of God. Do everyone a favor and just shut Why would you have the up. chat open during these things? I didn't realize I had it oh, open and mate. then I just saw it go boom and I'm like, oh. I can't do it. What yeah, do we think of this? I it looked, I didn't. The gimmick um, is you swap your skull to swap abilities, but it's like, well, end of the day, you're just swapping abilities and games have had swapping abilities for a long time. Like the method in which you do that isn't really. I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan anything. of this. It's like putting I, on a hat. I like it. Yeah, but I like it. Like, I, I think it's it's cool. I think the fact that you can just change as you go is quite nice. And the fact like changing that as you go. Is- can I introduce you to a little game called Balan Wonderworld? But I mean, like, it it seems to hit all of, like, the JRPG job tropes and stuff. Like, there's one scene where he's clearly a dark knight. There's another one where he's got, like, a samurai hat on and does some cool samurai stuff. Like, yeah, I, I like that. I'm, I'm here for that. I like it. How are you feeling? Yeah, nah, meh. Blah, blah. This is this is an air. It's nicely air. animated. The combat looks fine. Yeah, it looks okay. cute, but it's it's a yeah from me. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Art of Rally from uh, Fun Selector Labs Incorporated. Will you? Will you? Simon. Will you master the art of rally? Drive no. iconic cars inspired by the golden era of rally ch- um, racing on challenging streets, challenging stages through stylized environments set around the world. Art of Rally launches for Nintendo Switch this summer. Cool. Racing game. Sweet. All right. Good stuff. It has the same art style as about three of the other games yeah. in this, and no. It, I can imagine it would actually be kind of fun, but not for the full game. Also, lots yeah. of roadside... I don't know. Okay, guys, it may surprise you. I don't know much about Rally. Um, There were a lot of roadside tanks on some of the tracks, like army tanks. Yeah. Is that a... Is that like no, a, a Rally I'm thing? No, Can that so. be a rally thing? I don't know. Uh, maybe no it's a reference. Idea. Maybe someone who likes cars can fill us in. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Ah, uh, this is a nah for me. This yeah. is a nah. All right. Nah. This is an eh for me. Ooh. All right. It's, well, the it next looks game. fun. The next game is my... I will put it down in stone right now. It is my 2021 game of the year. Kiwi from Stone Wheat and Sons. Kiwi is a cute cooperative... Pu- cooperative? Postal puzzler starring two small kiwi birds working in a whimsical post office. They must jump, flap, and butt slam across an interactive landscape of levers, bells, and buttons to get those messages delivered on time. Kiwi launches for Nintendo Switch in August. If your little pitch, your elevator pitch, has the word whimsical and kiwi birds in it, I'm in. This looks <laughs> so adorable. When I saw this, yeah. I my eyes were like, "This is a game. This game was me, made for me and my partner. This is." If we were animals, we would be two small kiwi birds working in a whimsical post office. I'm in love with this game. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen. You give mail to a cassowary. The cassowary comes along and says, hey, where's my bills? Where's my letters from my grandson? And you give it to him because he pressing these buttons. And the fr- I love it so much. They, they know so that from different so good. C- countries, right? Yeah, 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 Keelan. Yeah, you're right. That's what's wrong with this game. They should be going it to looks, a different bird post office. You're a clown, <laughs> Jesse. I will charming. defend this game. Oh, I swear to God, swear it's. To God. A, I'm gonna. I'm gonna edit this whole episode. <laughs> it's a game that just looking at the trailer makes my brain happy. My brain just goes, "Yes, thank you." This is pleasant. Keelan, what's wrong with it? It's a. It's a yes for. There's nothing wrong. Oh, with I think it's it's a, I'm, sorry. I think it's charming. Oh. I'm just saying. I, I apologize. Cassowaries. They're from opposite sides. 
of that. Uh, uh, they wouldn't get along. They wouldn't be. They wouldn't be running a successful post office. They together. can fly to each other. They got wings. You know what I mean? Ugh. That's a yes from everyone. Yes. Yeah. All right. Game of the year. Um, now we've got. <laughs> you you uh, said that about Godfall. Shut up. Yeah. And look, you learn from your mistakes. There. Okay. Well, at least I admitted that Godfall. I don't was think mistake. Kiwi is going to be the next Godfall. To be fair. <laughs> Because it will be playable. Um, yeah, that's true. All right, moving on to uh, just a great name for a game. Ender Lily's Quietus of the Nights from Adglobe in this dark fantasy 2D action RPG. Oh, you've already lost me. Encounter horrific enemies against whom a moment of in- inattention could be fatal. Overcome these hardships and seek the truth with the help of the fallen knights. Our Ender Lily's Quietus of the Nights. What does Quietus mean? <laughs> <laughs> what are these words? Launches of a Nintendo Switch on 22nd of June. What is an, en- an Ender Lily? Like, is that like a Minecraft thing? Because like the Ender Dragon has like, gives you like a flower. Ender Lily sounds like some sort of like shitty plot <sighs> device from like a Jesse, Harry Potter ripoff. Enough of okay. this. Be quietest for once. Now, I don't know. <laughs> quietus actually means, I just looked it up on Google, uh, death or something that causes death regarded as a release. Wait, from so life. the actual word. It's a word? Yeah. Is I it thought English? it was like a is meme it, joke. Is it, is it, like is it an English word? No, no, no. It's, it's an actual actual English word. Oh, no. Um, and we burn note to everyone listening to this podcast. Burn dictionaries. The language um, is wrong. I, I hate Why? this as a no. I don't. Sorry, I hate it. <laughs> That's I hate bad. all of it. Uh, the alternative definition for quietus uh, is something that has a calming or a soothing effect. Well, as you can tell, um, it does not. No. Look, this game to me seems like dark. Uh, it seems like Dark Souls and Hollow Knight and Child of Light, but none of them wanted to be involved. No, they were like, nah, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. That that's not related to me. That nope, nope. Because I've been yeah. playing a lot of Hollow Knight, and that game is full of charm, full of like. Really I did get a lot combat. of Hollow Knight from this, and it, like, but this looks like a worse version. It looks like it. It went. Oh yeah, Hollow Knight's really cool. Oh, but you know what? Child of Light has this really nice aesthetic, and they couldn't decide on either, and went for a middle ground. It just doesn't work. Uh, this is a no from all of us. No. Nope. All right, weaving tides from Follow the Feathers. Call your weaver and soar across a stunning woven landscape. Set out on a journey to explore ancient dungeons, solve puzzles, wrap up your foes, and unravel the great mysteries of a long-forgotten past. Weaving Tides, a charming single-player adventure set in the world of magic, magic and textile, launches for Nintendo Switch in May. Basically, this game asks the question that we're all asking: What are dragons? But stitching, because mm. you're some sort dragons. of you're some sort of thread dragon. Um, also, the main dragon. Has the exact same face, like exact same eyes and mouth as Venusaur, and it really threw me off. Um, this is a a unique looking game. Yeah, interesting idea. Yeah. Um, got no I'm interest not in play it. it. I'm not gonna play it, but nope. yeah, it looks interesting. interesting uh, this idea. is a an eh eh. Very much an eh. Didn't for look me bad, well. but it's just not for me. This is an nah uh, for me. I think a lot of the art looks like kind of crappy deviant art stuff. Eh. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, it, nah. Nah. All right, moving on. Labyrinth City. Pierre, the maze detective from Darjeeling. I like the film, Darjeeling Limited. Yeah. Adapted from the children's book series, Labyrinth City, Pierre, the maze detective, takes you across incredibly detailed mazes to retrieve a powerful artifact. 
On your quest, you will interact with more than 500 items or characters, find over 100 hidden objects, and wander about in beautiful locations. Labyrinth City, Pierre the Maze Detective, launches for Nintendo Switch this spring. Am I gonna play this? No, but oh my god, it looks like a Where's yeah. Wally book. I love the art style wow. so much. Yeah, I was just adorable. thinking that. I'm like, oh, it looks like a Where's Wally book, but in a game. It's fantastic looking, but like this is the kind of game, if I picked it up to play it, I'd get so frustrated almost immediately because I yeah. couldn't find what I was yeah. looking for. I want so to watch me else play it. Yeah, exactly. This is well suited to a, a play or something. Um, it looks cool. Like, it, it looks like visually really appealing, but yeah, whatever. This is a... Uh, it's a yeah for me. I mean, I'm, it's I, a yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to watch someone who can actually play games like this. Play. Not us. Not <laughs> us. Who's actually good at video who's games. Good so, at video games. Exactly. And Not. no one in the story mode crew. No. <laughs> oh. Last game The House of the Dead remake from Megapixel Studio. The classic arcade rail shooter is back with a new makeover and exciting gameplay changes. A new makeover? I don't know. I saw that trailer. In this gameplay game, in this gameplay game, fuck me, got me, karma got me good. In this multiplayer game, you'll suit up as a pair of government agents set to investigate disappearances only to find hordes of undead monstrosities. The House of the Dead remake launches for Nintendo Switch later this year. All this made me want to do is go to Intensity, or, or, you know, wherever the, what are the local arcades in your area? I just want to go there and play House of the Dead. Does this guy yeah. just do anything I you guys? I am so here for this. I love light gun shooters. <laughs> I, I knew like, you would. They're just so much fun. It's dumb and stupid. And I would love to play this um, on the Switch on my TV at home. Um, I have to ask, though. Um, the, the, <laughs> the point is, is that just control sticks or can you use the joy-con to point you'd better be able to use the Ooh, joy-con okay that would be what's the point i'm about to say yeah, yeah well, that's, that would get me interested in, if you could play this properly like each per like two people have a joy-con each and you're playing it like you wouldn't at an arcade all right yeah I'm pretty yeah, certain but that also opens up the concern in that the gyroscope thing on the joy-cons is pretty shit house so oh uh, look it's better than the wii was so, and also keep in mind that, that, that for, but the um for pointing it uses the infrared, which is fine. Right. Okay. Well, we'll see how it goes. If they I, don't use that, I think it would be a huge missed opportunity and pointless for yes. releasing a game like this. So, which game caught your eye? I just want one or two or three in my case. Sorry, that really really you know got your attention, Simon. Uh, T is my number one. Yep. Um. Aerial Knights Never Yield is, I think, my second, and then uh, Kiwi as number three. Yeah. Kills. I'm down for House of the Dead, of course, and, of course, Aerial Knights Never Yield. Oh, maybe also, uh, what was the first one? Road 96. Interesting yeah, you, you seem a lot more interested in that than I ex- expected. Um, yeah, it looks good. Hey, what we should stream you? that. I'll be cool with that. Uh, Oli Oli, Kiwi, and Aerial Knights. Um, I got three games that I will play. Hmm. Well, I'm going to say it. Oh, now I'm on record, aren't I? Ugh. Yep. Now you got to do it. Do it. Well, that was the Nintendo Showcase. Moving along to Fortnite, a game we spoke about earlier on. Now, last week, Horizon Zero Dawn's Aloy uh, made her way into Fortnite, along with a Glinthawk glider, spear pickaxe, and a few other treats, especially for PlayStation users who also get a, um, oh, what was the Frozen Wilds um, additional skins, like blue. Cool. 
Uh, Aloy's just the latest in line of uh, video game IP crossovers with Fortnite. With uh, She'll actually be joining Lara Croft in a limited time mode releasing later this week. Ooh. So lately, we've had Kratos, Master Chief, Ryu, Chun-Li, along with other pop culture icons like Ripley, uh, Mandalorian, uh, a bunch of Marvel and DC characters, bunch of different characters uh there's a rumor that metroid or samus will pop in soon which would be really really cool of course this is making people mad at nothing i <laughs> don't ever look into any comments underneath anything to do with fortnite that like on social media that's my tip to you because you're gonna see people using the same tired dead game meme cool great just don't play it then or people making the same meme about oh they're killing aloy like they killed kratos no the <laughs> They're separate games. <laughs> like, you can like God of War still, <laughs> despite Kratos being in Fortnite. Like, well, I don't understand yeah. the gatekeeping mentality behind that one. Anyway. Well, actually, to be fair, am I, am I the only one who thinks like that? Are you? Do you guys see, you know, beloved characters going to Fortnite and be like, oh, no. Or what do you think? I'm in two minds about it, personally. Um, I'm going to take the... I'm going to... Devil's advocate, for lack of a better term, um, and partially side with the gatekeepers in the sense that um, I think sometimes seeing seeing a franchise you care about so much um, essentially just gets sold out and Mm -hmm. becomes so trivialized. I I feel like, okay, I understand why you can get upset about that. And I I see like, oh, you know, but this character means so much to me for whatever reason, you know, you've played a couple of their games and you go, oh, but their story has such a huge impact. And like, if you put Joel and Ellie in Fortnite, you kind, it it doesn't detract from their story, but it definitely changes the impact that the story had on you as an individual. If you let it. It's like, this is the way I see it, okay? Imagine you're a kid and you're playing with, like, say you have a Joel and Ellie toy for some reason, you're a child that has these action figures, and you're playing with them, <laughs> with and you're playing action. with a bunch of G.I. Joes and some Lego, and some adult comes up to you like, they don't belong in the same universe as each other. Your playing does not get the significant emotional impact that Joel's story had on me. I'm taking these dolls and I'm taking them home. Oh, you'd be like, you're well, a dick. The thing. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I can understand an individual going, ah, it's kind of a shame that they've just ended up in Fortnite. I feel like it's a cheap sellout option. But I don't think you should kick up a fuss about it. Like, you can sit there and be like, ah, that's a shame. And that's it. Get over it. Get over yourself. It's not that big of a deal. I don't even think, think, like, sorry, killing God. This, this, you know, these people have a point. They're trying to say something and it speaks to, like, the big issue of, like, um classic franchises that were meaningful to people that are being bastardized into modern day things and and people essentially companies attempted to cash in on nostalgia okay yeah sure now you worded that way that's a real thing that that, that's a real thing (laughs) Mm. okay great but also you don't have to engage with it you choose what you engage with okay you choose what content you take in and if you some content makes you upset for trivial reasons don't Don't look at it don't that's whatever. Move Put along your with phone your life. Down. Close if, your laptop. If turn you your look console off. At Fortnite and be like, oh, that may affect the way I look at Kratos and may affect the way I enjoy God of War. My advice is go play God of War instead. I like yeah. both. I got the skin for Kratos. Is it weird seeing him do, do like these weird little dances? Yeah, it's weird. But have you heard of like, you know, fan art? I've seen him do weirder. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I've seen him in different games and stuff like that in people's artwork. It's kind of thing like... Wait, wait, wait. You've seen him do weird... I really, as soon as I said that, I knew someone was going to pick that up. It was going to sound real bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, look. Um, again, but what my I'm saying recommendation is, would be put safe search on when you're searching... What I'm, what I'm saying is, like, should Santa Monica Studios turn around and, like, find people who are doing fan art and say, no, stop. Because you're ruining the legacy of this character. No. That's the problem. No. And yeah. But like, like of no, course not, because should. it doesn't affect the story of the game. And some people may actually get interested in some of these ga- um, games just from playing the characters. I know yeah, a bunch exactly. of people who That's are like, the thing. oh, I never played Horizon. I liked the Alias good. Screw it. I'll give it a go. I've known like three people who have said that. <laughs> so, And that's the thing. I feel like... Um, that That's one of the big things I sort of take away from it is like... Fortnite is massively popular. It is huge. And it's um its outlook and its outreach, I guess, rather, um, cannot be understated. Uh the influence that it has on the general gaming market. Even casual gamers huge. will know of Fortnite and will be aware of some of the characters that are available in it. So putting a character, a slightly lesser known character, a slightly more obscure, one that's faded into obscurity perhaps a bit more in recent years, putting them in there is nothing but a good thing. Yes, you can sit there and you can grumble and you can gatekeep all you want, but if that stokes enough interest in the franchise that, you know, the owners of the IP go, oh, people want this. Yeah. Cool. Let's create another game. That's a win-win. Like, there is no downside to that. Oh, a bunch of 10-year-olds are playing as Lara Croft. And? You were 10 years old when the first Lara Croft game oh. came out. Don't lie. Simon. Tomb Raider. You've been playing it since you were 10. You make my Shut heart up. so happy right now, Simon. <laughs> That's what Fortnite is. Fortnite, like, with its characters and IPs, it's essentially a toy box. Yeah. You can play with everything individually. You can have, you know, do whatever you want with them. But in the, the day, you can just reach in and give everyone a gun and be like, hey, go nuts. Let's do something dumb here. Yeah. Um, and that's what it is. I like it. I think it's it, it, it dumb fun. It's just a skin. Like, yeah. if you were playing it and they... Uh, they like retroactively change people's stories. I'm like, okay, a little bit different, but you're fine with it. That's not what's happening. With that being said, I want to hear some characters or teams that you want to introduce into, into Fortnite. Um, Keel and I, like I said earlier, we've been streaming a little bit of Fortnite lately. We've had this discussion a few times. And the one that keeps coming back to me is the Ninja Turtles. Like when you think of a team, you, you, you need either individual well, to me at least, individuals or you need groups of four because then all your friends and stuff can get together. Uh, when you think of team of four, that's the team you think of. Or I guess actually, to be fair, you could also have duos because they had Chun Li and Ryu. So, like I don't know, like the brothers from Supernatural could be pretty cool. They've had Walking Dead characters before. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Do you got? Do you got are there any characters that Did- would um? I've just thought I had one, but I've thought of a second thanks to your. Um, Do the characters comment. have to be like humanoid, or? I think the rules are they have to be, have to be relatively humanoid. But have to be able to hold a weapon, and they can't be of a certain size. They have to be because they're all the same model, effectively. Um, also, another thing that you probably want to happen is Fortnite has a very distinct art style. I think it's a very very good art. I'm a big big fan of the art style. The characters they've chosen so far look brilliant. Um, Lara Croft, like the old school Lara Croft, with the light blue top, looks so good in Fortnite. It, it is it's like, it made me happy to see her. And so does Aloy. Um, 
yeah, I think they have to be of a certain size. They can't be kids. They have to be able to hold a gun. And that, that's, they, they rules. Mm. Okay. That's hard, Kills. actually. Because I, I wanted to say, like, um, speaking of, like, introducing franchises to people, like the, the rare franchises, so, like, um, Banjo and um, Conquer. But I feel like that would be kind of tricky as well because the, yeah. the sizes. Yeah, it becomes a little bit tricky. Like, yeah. I would want, like, like Jack and Dexter, my favorite f- game franchise of all time. I'd love it there with the game. And it makes sense because, yeah. like, you can have, like, back... It's called like back bling or something like that. It's like a backpack. But they can have yeah. an animal. So it makes sense if, if Daxter was on, on Jack. But Jack is also very, very small in games. Yes. So it's going to be some kind of weird seeing him like person sized. Weird perspective, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I guess you couldn't do that with Ratchet and Clank then either. Yeah, you can't, can't do Ratchet and Clank. I, I've got a feeling that we may see some Ratchet and Clank weapons. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing. That'd be you could cool. always, you know, yeah, you could do with like crossovers with, with other things. Um, like. Easter eggs and stuff like that. Power Rangers would be cool. That would be a good one. Yeah. Like, yeah. Look, there's, there's unlimited scope of what you can do with it. And they're having they're having fun with it. It it's well, it, well I mean, my two my two um ideas. First off, Samus. Yes. Because introduce Samus, watch how quickly people start talking about Metroid games, and then finally Nintendo can update us on Metroid. How weird would it be Mm. if we finally got Metroid news because of a Fortnite skin? I wouldn't care. Oh no, it would be like brilliant. Finally. See? This is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the team that I could think of, the first one that came into my head, Ghostbusters. Oh! Have they been yes. in it yet? Ow. Oh, that, they may have already been be? in it. I mean, I, I, I'm going to do a... Uh, I'm going to break my, our, our rules. I'm going to Google this. Hey, I mean, I did Google um, the meaning of quietus earlier, so... Uh, they're in it. They are? Yeah. And you can even get a Slimer hat. Sick. <laughs> oh, awesome. he's a rat. Oh, shit, I'm going back. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, yeah, I feel like that. You know, this is just a really great platform to introduce older characters to newer generations. Well, uh, that's the thing. People yeah. for it, and uh, that's what I'd like to see in the next uh, Fortnite skin release. I think. So yeah, my advice: is if there is a character that you really, really like, you really like their story off, and you have an emotional connection to them, and you don't want to see them for like a bit of cheap, for lack of a better term, cheapened to be in Fortnite. Don't play with that skin. Pretty easy. But it's epic. Go wild. Get some weird ones in. Let's go let's, like get the Brady Bunch involved or something like that. I want to see the cast of Cheers. Oh, um so you need a team of four. Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer. Maybe not Kramer. Maybe put something else in there. <laughs> but still. Nah, don't do that. I um, want to be George Costanza. <laughs> put put like some StarCraft. Uh, characters in there get like Jim Rayner in there that would be awesome or Diablo 2 crossover in time for the release like yeah, that would be like, awesome yeah. like it's such also for other developers like that's a really good call that's a really good way to get your characters out there have I yeah. I, I am going to play the Diablo games like the, the remakes and stuff like that but um I'm not you know aware of their character design and stuff like that if I can get you kind of used to them sort of form my own sort of connection with a few of the characters. Cool. Like, ma- get some Mass Effect characters in there. They work. Yeah. They're going to get me excited. I've got no connection to those characters, but I want to play the game. 
Yeah, put in, put in Commander Shepard. Yeah. Like, perfect. Um, yeah, they did come out recently, Epic, and they had like a survey asking what franchises people want um, dipped into. And one of the big ones that came up, which is going to be a very good segue to the next segment, Resident Evil characters. We had a Resident Evil showcase oh, yeah. last week. Um, giving us more information about the upcoming Resident Evil Village. Uh, got a few different things. We'll go through each one at a time. With a a section uh, missing if you're watching us on Twitch. Um, but we'll get to that in a moment. First up, we got a new trailer. Uh, we got a better look, look at the lichens or the werewolves. Um, and the weird cowboy dude, which seems to be sort of their leader. Um, yeah. We found a very interesting thing. Lady... Dimitrescu. It's not pronounced like that. I was completely off. It's Dimitrisk. Lady Dimitrisk. We'll get another look at her. Um, I also like how Capcom came out and basically said, look, we didn't think the internet would get so horny about her, but whoa, like calm down, everyone. They say that, and yet in the trailer, she licks blood off, the, off your hand and says, aren't you Dude, special? And that's all I needed. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I love um, you so much. Also, I want to point out that Capcom did a collaboration with a science YouTuber by the name of Kyle Hill. Um, he was previously with Nerdist and did oh, no, uh, Kyle, science. So uh, he left Nerdist a little while ago and started up his own channel and stuff. And it's very good. The same sort of stuff that you would have appreciated before. And um, he, this is a sponsored video by Capcom, I want to point out. He says... What would happen if Lady Dimitrescu stood on you? And he figures that out. I can tell. I can tell. I know. I'm not going to tell you. But I know exactly. what the comments would have been. Oh yeah, but <laughs> if you um, the mild spoiler alert for I guess a YouTube video, um, it will kill you. If yes. he stands on you in high heels, it will kill you. That's the turn on. <laughs> but oh, I mean, God. it will be like the heel will go through your head, kind of. Cap- the fact that Capcom had to ask the question means I've completely misunderstood why the incident's so ter- I'm horny for her. She's an escape yeah, from but- life. Uh, do- have they never <laughs> met a millennial before? <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's actually a really, really, really good uh, video. So I do highly recommend that you go and check it out because, it, again, it's sponsored by Capcom. Capcom were like, you know what? Let's give these people what they want. Mm, but they want them. Um, yeah. Now in the trailer, we also saw a bit more Chris Redfield, who very much looks like to be the wild card in the story. I'm not quite sure what his angle is. Um, in the first trailer, we, you know, we do see him kill Ethan Winter's wife. It's like, whew, what's that about? Spend a whole game saving her, and you seem to ruin that. Um, speaking of Ethan Winters, the the you know the new protagonist for Resident Evil going forward, which I'm still coming to terms with because I found him to be a very boring protagonist, but hopefully they'll put a bit more effort into him in Village. It sounds like everyone in the the titular village knew about him before he got there. They seem to know a lot about Ethan Winters, so it's mm. be quite interesting. Um, and one of the biggest things to come out of this for me is the game looks gorgeous, which oh, yeah. I knew from the the initial the Maiden demo is one of the best things I've played in the PS5. But that RE engine is a, a mesmerizing. I got a question for you both: RE engine. The Resident Evil engine. What do you think the RE means? Uh, Resident Evil? Oh, this is a trick question. It's a trick question, but you would think Resident Evil, wouldn't you? No, no no way. That would be stupid. Mm, Really? Because it... it, 
it powers so many more games than Resident Evil. Yeah, but still. Okay. Well, you're know stupider than that. You know what it actually means? Reach for the moon. What? I saw that on Twitter a few days ago. I'm like, surely, what? surely not. I Googled Can't, it. I'm like, no. No. What? Way. <laughs> what? Reach for the moon. No That's why way. the logo is literally a hand reaching towards the moon. It's the and here, the here I was thinking that was because uh, Ethan gets his hand chopped off in Resident Evil Seven. It's, it, was a, it was like a it was a spoiler in a logo. It's like, <laughs> look at baffling. it, baffling, baffling. Uh, what did you guys think of the trailer? Um, I think after the awesome. three of us, I'm probably the one who's most keen on this game. It's maybe, maybe, yeah, I guess. Pro- um, probably this trailer swing you guys either way, or just kind of still where you're at. Um, I was sort of on the fence with it because I bounced off of Resident Evil 7 kind of quickly and I haven't dedicated enough time to sort of re- really invest into it. However, this is really intriguing me. I am very keen. I am looking forward to playing on the PS5. Like, cool, finally, something to play on this goddamn console. Like, about time. Like that. Um, however, one thing that I don't like is... Ethan Winters went from, yes, he was a boring protagonist in Seven, but he was meant to be your everyman sort of kind of protagonist. He was meant to be a bit of a blank slate and a little bit boring because it was supposed to be, oh, yeah, no, he's just like your average dude. And now everyone knows his name. And I'm going to put that down to some prophetic, like, bullshit. There's going to be some, like, magic wumbo-jumbo going on in the background, like, ah, yes, the fortune teller of Eld. The fortune teller said that winters would come, and you've come, and you're Ethan Winters. It'll be shit like that. And fine, whatever. Oh, we've known about you for millennia. It's been prophesized. Cool. I agree with that. I kind of understand why he was such a blank slate, though, in number five, in, uh, in seven. It's because seven was yeah. like a soft reboot for the entire series. I think they wanted to see what fans reacted well to. Um, and because yes. the, the reaction to seven was so good, it's like, okay, cool. We need to stay. We can't do a massive change again. We're going to stick with this character. And I think he was like getting his own lore from here on. I think it'd be in a few games. Um, yeah, yeah, I imagine. But yeah, it, it does seem really jarring how he went from just just some dude rocking up to an old house, very Silent Hill style, to now part. It, it seems like he could be yeah prophesized or something like that. Um, part of some cult or, or something. It could also be uh, obviously his you know his wife has some uh, some stuff going on. Not to ruin Is seven, she? she has some stuff going on. So maybe you they knew about this? her and, and him. Uh, who knows? We'll find out soon. This is why I am just, I'm not hot on it. I'm not, you know, uninterested in playing Resident Evil Village. But the story stuff is just so messy and convoluted and just... Oh, yeah. Resident uh, Evil stories. It, it, Resident it, Evil makes, it puts me off making a start on it. Resident Evil stories are garbage. Yeah. They're all over the shop. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where I'm at with well, it, but... It looks fantastic. If you don't like the story mode too much, you've also got Mercenaries mode, which is back. And Keelan, thank you for that good segue. Uh, Mercenaries mode is back. It's an arcade mode, if you're not aware of it. Uh, much faster than the usual gameplay found in Resident Evil, where the goal is to clear out an area as fast as possible and with the best possible score. So that score will be derived from uh, combos, obviously how fast you went, what weapon you use, stuff like that. Um, it hasn't been in the last few like numbered Resident Evil games uh, but I remember playing yeah. this a lot in number 4 and it was good fun I was bad at it now in Village the mode will introduce a few new elements such as the Duke's shop the Duke is the um, 
the the rotund fella who will be who works basically as the uh uh what was the guy number four who with the coat the what you buying what they, they call him the merchant remember. the merchant he's no, basically the it, merchant yeah. but in village um you can go up to the duke and you can buy supplies weapons you can upgrade your weapons stuff like that mercenaries mobile also introduce artifacts that give you ability boost now at first i'd be worried when they said that i'm like oh don't give me don't make this really outlandish like a call of duty zombie mode don't make me get like mm, mis- yeah. mystery weapons and like magic and stuff like that but this looks good because it's increased movement speed uh more damage in long distance attacks hp recovering when attacking stuff like that like it's sort of grounded thing it's not you're shooting fire out of your right hand so i'm cool with that personally i think that kind of works well in these sort of modes um i mean keelan you said you're not too fast about the story did any of the mercenary mode stuff tickle your fancy not really that's not for me either god damn it god i'm sorry actually have you played mercenary mode before uh no not properly all right all right are you gonna get resident evil village unlikely all right unlikely. when i get it come over because i i want to see you play mercenary mode because of your love for stuff like doom and, and all that yeah, uh, yeah for, your, for your doom transfer uh, i, I want to see how they transfer right over I, I think you may be pleasantly surprised by how fast mercenary mode can get if it's like four um it's, it's quite good what about you si all right mercenary mode are you good uh kind of don't care um i'm not that's not why i play resident evil yeah it, that's why resident evil 6 was shit was because it was going down that actiony path, and I don't care. Like I, I think it's yeah. it's nice to have. It is a nice option, and I won't deny that. But I couldn't be less interested. Mercenaries. Just to go back into a point we made before. Mercenaries mode is having your characters in Fortnite. Yeah, it's cheap, dumb, fun. If you don't want to play it, don't play it. Um, yeah, but no, six, I mean, six is a good a good point because they try to merge both mercenaries mode and story mode. They tried to merge them into one, and it wasn't very good at being either. This is like, okay, people clearly like the action stuff, but they like it when it's real action, like arcade stuff, and then people like story, and they want it to be a bit methodical at times. So split them up. That's all good. Now, another little announcement that came out, Resident Evil 4 is doing a Skyrim and coming to every possible gaming platform. Uh, it's coming to the Oculus Quest 2 as a first-person shooter, not the over-the-shoulder shooter that we know and love. Um, for the Oculus Quest 2. Now, Simon, you have an Oculus Quest 1 and it's blowing my Great. mind for some reason because I don't look at VR headsets, especially the PC ones, as different consoles, effectively. Um, for what I can see, I, again, I don't know that much about this. Is this only coming to Oculus Quest 2? I believe so. I could be wrong. Hmm. And I'd be happy to be wrong. Um... But yes, so the way I sort of think about the difference between the Oculus Quest and the Oculus Quest 2, considering that these are all-in-one VR headsets, these are self-contained units, they don't need a PC to run at all. Um, The closest comparison I can think of is the 3DS versus the new 3DS. It is an intermediate step in power, um, enough of a step that it makes a difference between some of the games that can be run. I think there was about three new 3DS exclusive titles, one of which was Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, And I think this is, again, sort of a similar path because also the Oculus Store isn't set out to specify between the different Oculus headsets. Headsets. Um, Because you've got the, the Rift, the Rift 
S, and I think there's another one on its way within the next year or so, um, which are those are tethered and are connected directly to your PC versus the Quest, which is as all said, built entirely self-contained. Um, yeah, I I bought my Quest not too long ago. I haven't used it much in the past sort of six months um, since moving. So, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't warrant getting a quest two to play Resident Evil. Oh no way! No way! That would be that would be irresponsible purchase. I may do it. I may get one. I don't even care anymore. I just want to. I just want to. I just want to be Leon. It's not a terrible cost in Australia. About four hundred and eighty dollars. Really? That all? Yeah. 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 That's the thing. That's the one thing I can absolutely. The self-contained headsets, the Quest 1 and 2, are fantastic because they're so comparatively hassle-free. Like, you put them on, like, after after you've set it up, you set it up with the app, you put the headset on, you just sort of click through a few options, go blah, 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 yep, cool, all good. And then when you are ready to go, you put the headset on, you turn it on, and it goes, right, where is your boundary? And the out-facing cameras will show you a live feed of your area. And you can walk through your house with that if you really wanted to. I wouldn't recommend because the depth perception is a bit weird. Um, but you can. You can actually just sort of adjust and you go, okay, well, this chair is in a slightly different spot than last time. So I'm going to redraw my boundary to avoid that chair. Hmm. And that's it. You go. You can take it to a friend's house and go, hey, clear some space in your living room. We're going to play VR tonight. Oh. And you get there, you set it up, you just draw the boundary again, and you go. That's in, in the uh, next few weeks, I want to do a bit of a VR episode. So let's, uh, we'll put a pin in that and we'll come back to that because I have a lot of questions about the Oculus. So if you get some time, try yeah. and get, to get some time into your uh, Quest 1 because I'm going to have a lot of questions about it before I buy one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to dig it out of the cupboard that's sort of behind me. Um yeah, so, I've, that does mean I've got to move an entire drum set the, in order to get to it. But. The last thing revealed at the showcase, or not the last thing, but the last thing we're going to go through is the demo. Now, I'm going to read through how they're doing this demo because it is dumb. Uh, so these are the times in Australia that you'd be able to play these various demos for, the, for Resident Evil Village. So the Resident Evil Village Village demo, which is 30 minutes of playtime for PS5 and PS4, is available from 3 a.m. Monday, April 19th, 3 a.m. Monday, April 19th, until 11 a.m. Monday, April 19th. So if you have a job, get stuffed. Resident Evil Village Castle demo, which is 30 minutes of playtime for PS5 and PS4, is from 3 a.m. Monday, April 26th, until 11 a.m. Monday, April 26th. Again, if you have a job, get stuffed. Both of the demos will then release on all platforms, PS5, PS4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC, but you'll only be able to spend an hour with it, and it'll only be up for a day. Resident Evil Village and, sorry, Resident Evil Village Castle and Village demos, both the demos, you get one hour of playtime for all platforms, is 8pm Sunday, May 2nd, until 8pm Monday, May 3rd. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Now, okay. What the fuck? This is not how you do a demo. You make it a demo nice. accessible for, um, as possible for everyone. You can have a hard wall at a certain point. You can only play up to a certain point. You can only explore to a certain point. That's fine. Why put a timer on it? Like, it seems really weird. And it's a real shame because the US just got to play it. We're recording this on the 18th of April at about 8 p.m. Um, people in the US have played it, and I've seen a lot of reactions online, and they're all extremely positive. I'll be playing this. So we record on a Sunday. 
we release the podcast on a Tuesday. I'm going to play this tomorrow, so before the podcast comes up. So, Keelan, when you're editing this, can you put in my thoughts about the game around here? Hey, it's Jesse from the future of the podcast, but the past of when you're listening to this, I guess. Um, I'm relatively fresh out of the Resident Evil Village Village demo, the half an hour demo for PS4 and PS5 units that became available on the 19th at some ridiculous times. Um, I thought I'd share my quick thoughts on it. The demo basically sees you as Ethan Winters exploring the, the titular village um, and getting to all sorts of calamity. Basically, it's stuff that we see in the trailer that was shown at the new showcase. Um, so it starts off, you're talking to some old lady. She's all sorts of spooky. She's got like some skulls on a stick. That's how you know she's spooky, I guess. You walk into the town, you see some beef has gone down. The town looks beautiful. Um, snow covered, very creepy, but snow covered, a lot of sticks and forest and everything you want from a Resident Evil game. Uh, you walk through, you know, you, you do all the, the normal Resident Evil tropes of, uh, collecting ammo and herbs and you have the same sort of similar menu screens. Everything in this feels very familiar, but very, very polished. Um, it only really starts to differ from other Resident Evil titles when you meet some of the lichens or the werewolves. They're rustling around in some overgrown grass. Um, you can't see them. Grass is too tall, so you can hear them. Uh, it definitely made the 3D audio of the PS5 headset um, worth the value. They were very. It was very, very creepy, so the audio. But it's cool. You, you know that they're in the grass, but you can only just see the grass moving. And you have to make your way through it. It's very nerve-wracking. So you go through. They attack. Uh, you pull out your pistol. You take a few shots. They seem to be bullet sponges. So you run past them. Get into a house. Help some people. Get into another house. Blah, blah, blah. Things go a little bit awry. There's some violence. Um, and you basically have to escape uh, a house, which is on fire now. You use a car. So to clear the Ethan remembers his car combat from uh, Resident Evil 7 and you you escape um, and use some uh, amulet thingies to open a door you know classic Resident Evil tropes I loved it it was brilliant this town seems really rich and uh, ripe for exploration I'm very curious about the story the characters um, there are some villagers who only make very brief brief stops. Uh, they seemed quite memorable. I, I, I liked them. Well acted. Looks absolutely gorgeous. As we've already said in the show, the RE engine is just one of the best things around. This is up there as one of the best console games I've seen. Um, just visually. Sound design is really good. It just feels satisfying. Um, and the the vibe of the game is ticking all the right boxes for me. It's very slow and methodical. The way you go about this area, but um, oh, built up tension very well. So I'm very excited to see what the castle demo is uh, next week. And then that f- opens up for everyone across all systems, uh, I believe, the week after. But I'm sure we'll speak about that. But for now, let's uh, let's see what Jesse, Keelan, and Simon are up to and go back to the podcast, eh? Cool. Um, 
<laughs> Nicely done. I didn't have See? to pause, but thanks. Oh, uh, well, didn't I? I didn't pause, Keel. Yeah. What do you mean I, I paused? I've been talking the whole time. Ooh, yeah. how does time work? It won't matter when you listen to the podcast, but it matters when Don't you watch us on twitch.tv forward slash story mode AUS. Ooh, ghost. Time ghost. That so, was my opinion uh, on the yes, game. Thank you. Thank you. It was Jesse, good slash bad slash. Nah. Um. Yeah. But oh man, what a review that was! What a what a a ride! Really, that review yeah. was that was good, and the jokes I made, whoo, solid. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on from your well, let's move. We're moving on right to the outro. Um, yeah, because let's say we could we could shit all over that demo rollout for ages, but I think just reading out those times, I think listen to that, you you, you can make up your own mind about how dumb that one is. But if you want to listen to our thoughts on other things, we are on Spotify and iTunes. Subscribe and leave us a review. Um, we've got all sorts of episodes. We're up to 60 episodes now. Plus, we also Holy have the crap, bonus hey. Love Letters episode. We put up a new one last week where I interviewed uh, our good friend Discount Peaches about a game very important to her, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Always a pleasure. Now, as always, a big thank you to the Thank Critical Podcast Network for all their support. Speaking of having a lot of shows, they have hundreds so go check them out, so review many. the shows, movies, all sorts. If you want to keep up to date with all the written news we're putting out, storymodegaming.com. You can follow us at storymodeaus on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also on Twitch, where we stream almost nightly. We have a bunch of different games. Playing a little bit of Monster Hunter, a little bit of Persona. Uh, Chris and I started playing Age of Empires. They're having an absolutely epic game at the moment, um, which involves awesome. the use of something I like to call Secret Towns. They are not very effective. Um, and Simon's playing a lot of Monster Hunter and Final Fantasy. It's all good. Yes. Um, if you want to support us, we're on uh, Patreon. We're not on, I was going to say, if you want to support us, we're on Fan Critical. You, well, we are. We're also on Patreon. Search for Fan Critical. <laughs> Try a couple bucks our way, and you'll get access to all sorts of bonus goodies. But with that, Simon, Keelan, hope you had fun. That was Absolutely. a good time. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, everyone watching us live on Twitch thank you very much we'll have a chat with you in a moment if you're not watching us live on Twitch you should do that next week because we talk a lot of shit after the show so come join in we do Um, but if not be safe play some games and we'll catch you next time bye bye Bye. are you like the Lance Armstrong of competitive shitting